going on, good people? Sauce Talk is here, kicking off a new week. It is July 25th, and I'm kicking off the show, um, going over the weekend with some things that went down, or some just some things that I've been hearing, just been talked about, you know, trending topics is the main thing in social media. You find things where people are going crazy about what they're talking about and everything like that. You know, UFC had a big event out there in London. What was it? UFC 280. Um, everybody was wanting to see what Patty the Batty, Pimblet, and uh, and uh, McCann. Um, then you had um, the main event, which I didn't even, I don't even think the main event got as much fanfare as Pimblet or, uh, or McCann fighting. Um, which, you know, saying being in the middle of the day, the fight was in uh, London. So, like, for the people in America, you know, the fights were going on around 4 or 5 o'clock. Usually it is not the usual fight time. People are going crazy and all that stuff over here in America. So I wonder how many people actually kind of keyed on and paid attention to that broadcast. Um, I know I was able to catch um, what happened with the rear naked choke and the knockout from McCann and um, uh, Patty. Pimblet, because their accents and where they talk and where they are, their personalities win me over. You know, what I'm saying both of them and they're so cool and they support each other and the whole build up for this uh, main, uh, for this event, they have been the, uh, the the selling point of it. Those two, and I just I enjoyed that much of it, the build up for those two, and they both got victories. So hand clap to them for that. Um, also. XFL made their announcement of their eight cities that they're going to be uh, whenever the season kicks in 2023. You got um, Las Vegas, D.C., St. Louis, Seattle. You got um, three cities in Texas. You got Arlington. You got Houston. And you got San Antonio. So those are the eight cities that's going to be um, kicking the things off. Um, you know what I'm saying? With teams, you can go support. Three cities in Texas. How big Texas is. Everything big in Texas. Then you got Google, Amazon, places like uh, networks like that, entities like that are trying to bid and get the streaming rights for the XFL 3.0, as I like to call it. And this is the Rocks, you know, thing. Dwayne Johnson, his group of people, they putting everything together, trying to get everything right, trying to put a nice, a real good product that I felt during the time the 2.0 was going on, it was really working well. I had a team that I was supporting. Um, the people was gathering around it. I felt like it was it was it was it was going to be something. And for the COVID thing, the way it did to kind of shut it down, it wasn't like the the football league that came before that, which I don't even remember the name it was like AAA or something like that. Like it wasn't the same product of football, and it wasn't the same type of production and things of that nature. And it died out quick because people bellied up, and you know people kind of you know kind of. I want to say uh, Indian gave with their money. And, you know, that ordeal just kind of fell out. And I remember whenever that was coming about, I think it was Oliver Luck that was involved with it and some other people that was involved with it that was, you know, trying to get something good together for, you know, a stepping stone to go to the NFL and stuff like that and bring all these new rules and old-style rules. And it just didn't work out. The XFL had the plans and had the muscle to kind of work its way out. But like I said, COVID was shutting shit down. As we all know, it was shutting the little businesses down. What do you think it was doing to the big businesses? 
I mean, if it was shutting the big businesses down, we think it was doing to the little businesses, as we all know, that we're just constantly just getting like, oh, man, we da 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 we can't get this thing going. So when you got something that just started, that has got a lot of million dollars involved with it, it just wasn't going to last. But this time, I think the XFL 3.0 will last and start in 2023. We had the All-Star Week for baseball go through. We had an excellent time with that. I'm watching the uh, home run derby in the all-star game. The uh, AL gets it done for the ninth straight year. Um, we got uh, Juan Soto, who's on the trade block. Trade deadline's coming up. If he be traded, he won the home run derby. Heard the stories behind that. He didn't even get a plane from the Washington Nationals to send him to the home run derby. He had to do everything his own. So pretty much he's acting as a free agent, just wearing a Nationals uniform. And, you know, he got the home run derby crown put on his head. He had a battle out with a youngin. He's the, I would say, the oldest youngin going against the youngest youngin. And uh, uh, and, and, and that was a, like I said, <laughs> that was a darn good battle. You know, that was a darn good battle. Um, right there. I think, what was his name? I forgot his name. Mario? Was it Mario Rico? Oh, man, what was that kid's name? How did I forget that kid's name? He was tearing it up. Kind of had a look of like Kent Griffey Jr., man, in the Seattle Mariners uniform. Went out there, hit 30 home runs, 32 home runs on the first round, hit 30 on the second round, and then finished with, uh, I think, what, 17 on the last one. And so that was easy for Juan Soto to get on out of there. Albert Pujols was in it. He was beating people. He was he made Juan Soto, Soto a little nervous. A person who looked up and grew up loving Albert Pujols, almost let Albert Pujols get him. And he was like, no, 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 no. I got to get this done. And congratulations to them. Congratulations to baseball. Even though after the All-Star game, the kind of momentum slipped a little bit where people were saying the fun wasn't all the way there in the in the All-Star game. It was still a two to three boring game. People kind of walked away. The casual fans, the fans that are trying to get into baseball just didn't see the excitement into it because you think All-Star game, you're going to see a bunch of runs scored and things like that. But it's one of the best pitching errors in baseball right now. And you're going to have dominant pitching, and that is what's going down. So what you saw was, you know, Nesta Cortez and, and guys like that that was going out there. And, then, you know, I'm going to shout out his name because I'm a Yankee fan. But, you know, Gary Cole and guys like that, they're throwing real good pitching. <laughs> it's not too much you can get. It's not too much you can do out there. Um, what's his name, Mont- Montoya Montez or something like that, was out there flinging that thing out there, man, hitting sinkers and high fastballs. I mean, calling them out. That was the cool part about the All Star Game, where people were mic'd up. People were mic'd up and having a good time, getting some laughs, calling out pitches and stuff like that. That was cool. I think that if they implemented that more in the regular season and had players talking and stuff like that, I think that could help it out to bring a little bit more personality out to players. That's how I got to be a fan of Anthony Rizzo because they did do that a couple of regular season games, but they should do that on a majority of them to keep that personality going where we can know these players individually. You know, trade deadlines going on. We don't know who's going to get traded. We don't know who's hot, who's cold. We don't know these things because it's just hard to keep up with. Hearing that Shohei Otani might get traded is an interesting thing. What about Mike Trout? I feel like the Angels is a dumpster fire type team. They should might want to unload both superstars and let them go off and try to do something to grass. They try to build up and put some guys in the farm and build up in a different way. They have definitely been a team in the majors that you would hope that would be good ever since their championship World Series win back way a long time ago, what, 2004, 2005, when Barry Bonds was still rocking. 
and I almost had a chance to get it done. But Troy Gloss, David Eckstein, and all those guys went in there. Francisco Rodriguez got it done. We haven't seen that type of angel team since then. Since then, it's just not had has happened. And you're just wondering, like, what is going to be, um, you know, what is what is going to be the thing to get it done? You get a guy like Shohei Otani and you put him with Mike Trout, you're thinking something's going to happen, but then the pitching is not right. You know, you got some good fielding, but you don't got enough speed. You might got enough speed, but not enough power. But you got power. You got Walsh. You got Trout. You got <laughs> Shohei. You got Justin Upton. So, I mean, you, you have things to where you can kind of show that, hey, we, we, we've we got some things in the, in the right direction with, uh, with, with the making team good. And it's just always bad. You fired Joe Madden. And it, that doesn't happen. You know, I mean, that doesn't help because they're still losing baseball games. Big ups to the Yankees who are uh, winning uh, baseball games, though, in the AL. They are, um, I feel like, exceeding expectations for what people was worried about this season, the injuries and, the, and the, you know, are, are they going to sign, uh, you know, are they going to sign Aaron Judge to a max deal and all that stuff like that, all the uncertainty type stuff. And then look, what we have, we have, you know, a, a good season. And when I say we, I'm a Yankee fan. We're seeing a good season, 66-31. Toronto Blue Jays behind them. But we also got the Twins. We also got the Astros doing their thing in the American League. And in the National League, we got the Mets. We got the Brewers and the Dodgers. Along behind them, we got the Braves. Phillies are kind of trying to get it together. The Cardinals right behind the Brewers. And you got the Padres behind the Dodgers. Those are your teams that are going to make up for, you know what I'm saying, a, a competitive playoff. The teams like the Giants, can the, can, the, can, the, can the Pirates come alive? Will something happen with the Phillies? We don't know. Will something happen with the Rays or the Guardians or the White Sox, the Mariners, the Rangers? We don't know. It's been that type of season where it's like you get to see highlights of cool things here and there, but to really kind of just really key in and focus in on this season and the things that's going on is not easy to do. It's not the easiest thing in the world that's going on with sports. I mean, free agency basketball has been more exciting than baseball. You've had football talks, football clips destroying, you know what I'm saying, big ups to him coming to West Virginia and showing off Fred Crozier, guys like that, a wide receiver from Marshall who was a standout player. Uh, who came out and, and, and showed out, that is getting millions of views where people don't even watch baseball. So, I mean, you have things that are smaller in this totally different sport that has more of a kind of uh, energy-based viewer viewership that baseball needs to do something. They got to do better with these clips, come out with small clips, have, like I said, have players mic'd up, have promotion, do things for black communities, do things to work and make baseball a little cheaper because now baseball is up there with golf almost an expense to help kids love the sport, get to know the sport because it pays. Baseball pays. And when you make it to the major league level, I mean, it, it pays handsomely well, just like basketball would or football. It's just how can we get more people engaged in liking the sport throughout a season? That is the hardest part. Just look at the WNBA who's playing a sport that people love, but it's just not gravitated towards people liking it. My suggestion is with the WNBA is that a little bit more, a little bit fire, 
a little bit more fire in, 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 into players like I seen a couple of weeks ago where, you know, not to sit there and promote violence. No, it's not promoting fighting or nothing like that. But you need passions to get a little high. You need, you know, what was that? I can't remember the players' names, but it was like somebody had a, uh, got fouled and got in jail's face a little bit. It makes it for a better game. Is that person going to go off and go for 15 more points because it got a little chippy? We don't hear about that stuff in a WNBA setting, women's basketball. We just don't hear about it. I guess you can say this enough about baseball, and it's you know in that in that regard or whatever like that. But you know, some something's got to be better, and you know, done to make the sport more fun to get along with. That's just my opinion. My opinion to stick with on that one. But keep the ball rolling. Let's also talk about um, the news that's been going around this weekend with uh, free agency talks, trades, and all that stuff like that. It's kind of cooled down in the NBA and stuff like that. People are getting pumped up for training camp and football. Training camp's going to be starting on the uh, 27th. I think 27th, 28th, 27th, 28th is going to be getting kicked off. Training camps going to be swirling about. We're going to be having preseason football. Uh, the, the Hall of Fame game is going to be coming soon, rapidly. I think in a week and a half. And everybody's still talking about Deshaun Watson. People talking about, you know, the Browns and their how the look. I mean, now we're talking about are they going to have good luck? Is this going to be a big time distraction? They open up against, you know, a fairly decent four-game schedule. If he's, you know, suspended four games, if he's suspended six games, it could be a little bit different. But, you know, it's one of the things where it's like the Browns, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. The Browns made a decision. They invested in a player that they knew that could be missing some time. So, I mean, like, if, if you look at it like that, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. If you're a Browns fan, you're going to have to be supportive of what your team is doing, and that means getting behind, uh, uh, getting on board with uh, with a player, with a player like uh, Kobe Brissett. And until Deshaun gets back, and for a player that hasn't played in a long time like he has and didn't play last season, we have to see if he, if he's worth the money that the Browns gave him. This could be the beginning of the nightmare of something that the Browns have been going through. They've been through starting quarterback after starting quarterback. They get Baker Mayfield. People were kind of on and off on him. He proved that he could be something. That ended quickly with an injured riddle season. Some baby acting, you know, saying tactics. The Odell thing with his dad. So, I mean, like, all those things added to where Baker, Baker Mayfield was proven to be immature, not ready, got rid of him, bring in Deshaun. But when we talk about immaturity, then we got to talk about Deshaun, which showed immaturity. This man, in his life, has been squeaky clean. We, you know, from the stories of him coming up and work done, being his mentor, and helping out his mom, and him, you know, Dabo Sweeney, you know, gave him all the shit and 
college, calling the next Michael Jordan, class act, da 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 da. And then he gets to the NFL, and then boom. And, you know, just like I would say, I would put this up there with, like, not say up there with because it's like so many different things. I mean, moving parts of this is just like when you have somebody that may be and that what we don't know behind closed doors of how they may be in a different setting those people that are out here acting all squeaky clean ain't all squeaky clean and that's what we can't really sign people off or put people on that type of pedestal because something can come awry and you know it did with Deshaun um, just like people may sit there and say oh man these women are out here money grabbing and stuff like that it's just the act of and with today's social media, you have to understand why a woman would want some type of conversation because they're going to be the one being, you know, hey, aren't you the one that you the whistleblower and you go digger? Mentally, they got to think about what they felt was grotesque they had to go through with Deshaun Watson. Just because we are the outside looking in, we're sitting there saying, well, he didn't rape, he didn't. He didn't, uh, he didn't sexually assault these. Yeah, that's, that's, that's assaulted him. They're thinking that I'm going to, because half of these masseuses are not all professional. Half of these masseuses are just girls that he looked up or seen and was like, hey, I, 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 can, I can need you, you know what I'm saying, you do massage. Of course these women are going to say, yeah. So you got to think that the percentage of these women lied about their credentials or lied about being good at massages. But you got the professional ones that he went after that feel sick, and the ones that didn't have the have the one to have the credentials and whatnot felt the same way. So you got to have to have some type of um, you got to have some type of sympathy for that. You got to kind of know that it's not just a money hungry type thing. It's just like you know, even though he might not have, you know, battery rape. A, a woman, you know what I'm saying, he put a, a part, of a, a piece of traumatization, like, you know, I, I felt that woman that sit there and said, you know, she could not, it took a while for her to do other clients, because, you know, who to say that that might have been the only time this happened, but here's this, here's this, the big high-profile person that's being weird at that, because it's more weird allegations than more so violent or, 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 you know, in that, in that rape area, it's more weirdness, it's more like, man, this guy's just a, a weird pervert, you know what I'm saying, and that still can gain compensation, there's people that sue for way less, step on my Jordans, I'm suing you, go look it up, people sue for way less, so, just look at this, this is where it's like, on oh, criminal charges, he's going to get, you know, da, 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 da. The suspension that he may get is all on just the image of the NFL. Like you out here got the Texans involved, you got you got your name, you got us involved. That's why a suspension is not because all oh, he got people he ain't go to jail, he ain't been charged. It's a civil suit. Yes, that's why he's paid 25, 26 women because he's like, hey, my bad, but I'm gonna tell the people that I ain't do nothing wrong because. That's the world we live in. If you can't prove it, you know what I'm saying? These women cannot actually prove. They cannot prove that he did them wrong. He cannot prove that what he, you know what I'm saying? They are women that has a profession. They're women that just looking at like, oh, I might be close to a football star. Women that is like, you know, this could be the beginning of my 
masseuse career. All that. He went and hunted out all those type of women I just said and done something weird to turn them off. There's a prior percentage of where it worked and that's why he kept doing it. At the end of the day, he's going to get suspended. This is going to get moved on. And then we're going to see if he's up to snuff or whatever after suspension, if it's a full season suspension or whatever. He still has to prove that he can play football and be worth all that money. It's just the Cleveland Browns just spent a whole lot of money on something that is still in the wrapper. And and, and it's, not, it's, it's, it's going to be a while before it becomes under wraps. And that's the bottom line of it. Right there, plain and simple, no sugar coat, no nothing. That, it is what it is. Now, Cleveland Browns got a good football team, good defense, good offense, steady running back. You see freaking uh, 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 Nick Chubb squatting the Empire State Building. You know, you got Kareem Hunt. You got still got stable good running uh, wide receivers, even though you don't got Odell Jarvis Landry. So people still believing in what they have there. So, I mean, they're not bad comparing to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens. They're not super bad, okay? So now, the Bengals, importantly, you went to the freaking Super Bowl. You know, that's their only team they have to worry about. But if you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens, I think Browns could elevate over past them because we don't know what's going to happen with the Ravens. We don't know that, that, that you know what I'm saying, are they going to run the ball 500 times this year? You know what I'm saying? They have nobody to pass it to. The defense, they got her banged up. We got to get some things right. So, I mean, like, the Ravens are not totally out the dark. They're not even trying to send Lamar Jackson to big-time money. So, I mean, like, don't know about Baltimore. You don't know about Pittsburgh who's going to go with Mr. Bisky. People are talking about Kenny Pickett might be the fourth guy. He's not ready. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, it's left to be desired with the run game. It wasn't like um, Najee Harris just, just really just – just just showed us everything. He's got to still show something. I mean, Najee has still got to show something. He didn't go crazy. So, I mean, like, this, this, you know, there's there's things in the in the receiving court with Justin James Washington and, and guys like that, they're going to have to show up. The AFC North is not something where you just like, ah, oh, man, like, it's fully competitive. No, it's not. You have the Bengals and you have the Browns. And who would have thought you know, I would be saying that. You got the Bengals, you got the Browns. To me, until the Pittsburgh Steelers shows that they can pass one of those teams, that's it. Baltimore's going to have to show something because I don't see nothing, especially without a, a freaking uh, dominant wide receivers or something of a good run game. So, I mean, like, that's that's the that's the thing about it. That's That's the total scenario. That's the total scenario about it right there. Is the fact that they don't have nobody to make me be like, man. Now defensively, they got to get some things situated with health to make me even believe on that end. Because the AFC North is all about the defensive battle, and you look at some defenses on that Bengals team with what they got, Jesse Bates and company, and and uh, you look at what the Browns got, which I've already, you know, Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. You know, what I'm saying guys like that. It's, it's, it's going to be hell fire and brimstone in that division. You know, the AFC East, you know, we want to see the Jets so bad. I think the more talk about the Jets is the biggest thing. You know, we got the Patriots. What are they going to look like with Mac Jones? On his second year, they said he was looking real focused, real sharp. They got rid of Nikhil Harry. 
they, you know, they got a, they got a, you know, good running back from what they had last year. So I mean, the defense is what's going to have to show more so, I think. Um, just see, that's the biggest question mark, especially what happened to him against Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. So I mean, there's 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 things to be answered. You know, there's questions to be answered in that division. And in in Miami, got the biggest one with David. Uh, I said David Tua. I'm, that's the boxing coming out of me, which is going to be another segment to talk about um, uh, with a, with a guest of mine. But Tua Tagovailoa getting all the praise from Tyreek Hill. Um, getting the praise of like, man, this guy, he's, he's accurate as Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's really making himself feel good. The defense is starting to, um, get that, get that rumble back in him that Flores had him in, you know what I'm saying? Getting pumped up social media wise. You got some guys get pumped up. Christian Wilkins, who I think is a hell of a football player. It just, the Dolphins can be a front runner in this division and it's, it's, and it's crazy that they can possibly show something that we haven't seen before. But we all know who's the real dog of this division. is the Buffalo Bills, a team that if they would have got the ball back one more time against Patty Mahomes, they could have been, you know, trying to go on to that, to that uh, AFC Championship against the Bengals. Now, with them comes with new offensive coordinator, uh, who I remember well because I'm a Miami Hurricane fan, Ken Dorsey, former quarterback who only lost one collegiate football game, and that was the national championship in 2002. We all know that he shouldn't have lost that game, but that's nearly way I'm not going to start that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. It's the fact that he is now the new offensive coordinator from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator. Byron Leverage knows about that. We have that in, in, in the uh, Buffalo Bills regime with McDermott, and, you know, they're getting their thing situated around camp. Got some players going to be on, on the, uh, an active list. Some guys on the PUP. But they are looking real good. Micah Hyde, Poyer, um, a hell of a safety combination. And then you got, you know, Edmonds and you got uh, Auto. You got the guys up, up front. You got hard hitters. Then you got the offense that just brings nothing but pure points. Defense left off, though. You're going against Pat Mahomes and stuff, so it's not like you can sit there and say, well, their defense ain't like that good. Da, da, da. But look what they was going against. I mean, majority out throughout the regular season, we're going to see how powerful this Buffalo Bills defense is. Now, Tredavious White coming back from a, a torn ACL, that's a whole other story. And then I believe uh, my offensive lineman was in a car accident um, and uh, hurt his ribs. Going to have to get that together. So that's, the, that's, that's what I feel like is the Bills – and then, then it's the Dolphins, then it's the Pats, then it's the Jets. That's my. That's just how I look at it right now, preseason wise. Then you got the AFC. Uh, you got the AFC West, who is I think is the best division quarterback wise to talk about. Not say quarterback wise, just throughout the league, just to talk about the sexy talk. You got Justin Herbert that everybody loves. That isn't one shit. But then you got Patrick Mahomes, who's been to two Super Bowls. He's got one. He's already declared the best quarterback in the league. Then you got David Carr. I mean, then you got, that's a David Carr. Then you got Derek Carr, who is a comeback warrior, just like Matt Ryan of the AFC. He's got, he's got yards. He's got stats. He's got moxie. He just don't got the wins. He don't got the big playoff wins. 
these are the things that where people may say, oh, is he really that good? But he's really that good. Derek Carr is really a good quarterback. But then you got a quarterback from the NFC West going to the AFC West for the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, who is now a member of the Broncos. So this quarterback room in the division is very good. Very good. Patrick Mahomes, ranking number one. Number two, I got to go ahead and put Russell Wilson. I got to put him there at number two. Active right now, some people will say, man, sure, fire ready to go right now. Justin Herbert's number two, but I cannot do that. He has not won a damn thing yet. Hell of a player on fourth down, though, I will say that. Going Russell two, I'm going Herbert three, and I'm going Carr four. Carr is definitely going to have to be that one to where, yeah, I did put Herbert over him. Herbert got size. He can run. He can throw on the run very well. Derek Carr is going to have to show more zip and passes. He's going to have to show... Me something now to Josh McDaniel. So it's kind of close, though. It's close between him and Josh, uh, between him and Herbert. But I think leading the pack is Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson, two champions. The AFC South, you know, you got the Texans, you got the, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Titans. And the Titans is leading that, regard for me. They're leading that because of what they're able to do. With the run game. Can't stop it. Ryan Tannehill plays good regular season football. Just can't do it in the playoffs. He threw three costly major interceptions. Horrible, horrible, horrible. His last pass was the interception. So he's going to have to get it together. Or they're going to go with Malik Willis. That's why they drafted him. They got a wide receiver. I mean, a rookie wide receiver that they drafted. Who's looking horrible at OTAs. Out of shape. Just did not look good at all. Arizona Razorbacks probably got a phone call was like man what the hell is going on with this kid um they got a lot to prove man Bayard you know saying those guys you know uh they don't got a Dory Jackson this is second season without him you know I don't really uh know too much about their secondary I don't know if Malcolm Butler came back or not it's just certain things that they need to get all the way together for me to believe that they are ready to to make noise uh in in this season because they have to. They're the only team in the division. You know, they're going to, they, not to sit there and say by default, but they're going to make it by default. <laughs> I mean, we got the Jaguars, the Colts, and, and, and I'm, and I'm not trying to dig too deep on the Colts and try to make everybody all optimistic. Yes, they got Jonathan Taylor's real good running game. The defense is pretty good. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, they lost to the fucking Jaguars when they try to get into the playoffs. You can put all that on Carson Wentz all you want. But if you go back and look at the tape, the same damn team that's showing up in that game is showing up ready to go in training camp. So they're going to have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, we got to look better than that. Because I tell you what, if that was Tennessee, and I know Tennessee didn't look good in that first playoff game against Cincinnati. But if Tennessee would have played that Jacksonville team, they would have killed them. They would have killed them. They would have killed them. No, never mind about Buffalo losing to them. No, never mind about none of that. When you have playoff implications on the line, that's just like the 8-8 eight eight battles between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cowboys everybody laugh at. You look at the, just the pressure of it all, they're not ready. Matt Ryan hopefully can change that. I don't know. He breaks down the pressure too. We know about the Atlanta Falcons. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said there. It's a lot to be. There's a lot to be said there being the second best team in the division where I felt like the clear cut better is Tennessee Titans. Just saying. 
The NFC side of things, when you look at it, same kind of things in the same places. NFC West, look at it. You got good teams instead of the dominant quarterbacks or just the sexy quarterbacks to talk about. You know, you got sexy schemes. Shanahan and how he runs the offense and how he can run the ball so many different ways. Now, you lost a coordinator going to Miami. That can start to show in that running back room and stuff like that, how they doing things. But you still got Shanahan. And you still got that speed. You still got Debo. And you got, you know, Trey Lance going to come up into that system. It can be very good. You've seen Colin Kaepernick. We've seen guys like that be very good. RG3. So, with that being said, you don't have to worry about Seattle. They have to get their bearings back. But then you have the Rams, the Super Bowl defending champs. Matt Stafford and company looking to get Odell back, hopefully. Um, they, they signed Donald. They, they got Cooper. You know, they added Allen Robinson. I mean, scary. Their defense is still scary. So, I mean, like, you got one, two right there. But then you got the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray signed a Buku boat load deal. Now you got to show it. Defense got to prove it. Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Buda Baker, you know the lot. They got to be ready. They can't wait till week 9 to week 10 to start acting all sore and hurt and not want to play football. They got to show it all regular season. Calabrese got to have protection all regular season. They got to have a run game all regular season. James Conner's coming back. They got to show it all regular season. That's the big thing with the Arizona Cardinals. Can they finish? You look at teams like that where you're like, oh, they don't know how to finish. Cincinnati looked like a team that didn't know how to finish. And then they finished. And they made it to the Super Bowl. You look at teams like that, like San Fran, that looked like they was going to mail it in, a team that shouldn't have been in there. They almost went to the Super Bowl if, if a guy named Tuit, not named Tuit, what's his name? Uh, a tart. Picks off a ball. He picks it off. They go to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, like, there's, 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 there's things in there to where you looking at it just like, well, I mean, they can be better than both of those teams I just talked about, the Rams and the fucking 49ers. But they got to show it all season. They got to show it all season, bottom line. Bottom line. Where would Jimmy Garoppolo go? Are they going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo? Will he leave the NFC West? Will he stay? Will he end up in Seattle? Where it makes Seattle something with DK and Tyler Lockett. You know, what are they going to do? What are Seattle going to do? Geno Smith is not the answer. Brandon Locke is not the answer. Drew Locke, excuse me. Drew Locke and Geno Smith, are they the answer? We don't know. Will Baker Mayfield be the answer in Carolina? Because I sure never thought he was going to go to Seattle. And I thought that would have been a great fit. But what is Seattle going to do? They have no run game. They have no quarterback. They have no uh, way of making DK Metcalf better with that formula. And that defense is not leading the boom no more. It's just not. The pieces are leaving. Pieces are retiring. And they're not recouping and getting that same type of 
production with how they drafted Chancellor Sherman, Wagner, you know, all these guys, man. They all left or, or got hurt, banged up, had to call it quits. Chancellor, Lee Sherman, Byron Maxwell was a bum by, by himself. So it's just, you know, one of those things, man. It's one of those things. Um, then we then we move it on, NFC. As well, let's move it on to the NFC North, where you have a second-year quarterback in Justin Fields. What is he going to show? What is that offense? You know, you bring in the kill Harry. Okay, cool. So it's not Moody. You know, you can talk about Moody. He did okay. Man, you feel bad for the run game because, you know, they still would have Tyree Cohen. That's, you know, saying, like, I hate the way happened to Tyree Cohen and the way his career went down. Um, but they don't, they don't, they, they need to get a solid run game. And they need to help out that with Justin Fields. And they need to get a really, really, really good tight end. And I think they need to really, uh, really just get back to that old defensive ways that they had back in 2017, that was, or 18. And, and that would, and then you would see a totally different Browns, I mean, a Bears football team. You will see a good Bears team with a with a, with a good quarterback since Sid Luckman. Can't go Grossman. You can't go Cal Orton. You can't go all the other quarterbacks they went down the line and try to get. Justin Fields, I think, is the best chance of them to be in a franchise guy, a guy being theirs that they drafted, trusted. He's the only guy. He's the only guy. To the next what five ten years maybe that they can possibly get somebody else that can say hey this is this could be it Justin Fields is it man the, the, the throwing the delivery the the student that he is the work that he puts in attention to detail those are the things that are being reported about him and about Zach Wilson um, you hear how he had players show up in Wyoming and uh, and, and 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 was out there getting work in getting continuity. Those are the things you want other than the other social media stuff that he was getting praised for, which is pretty funny. I mean, like, that's some crazy shit. But talk about on the, on the X's and O's there, though, man. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. So you're going up against an NFC North. You're going up, going to get, go up against Packers twice or a quarterback who feels like he owns y'all. Then a Minnesota team that's feeling like a revitalized team, bringing in Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, part three, and they feel like we're going to pass the ball more. We're going to try to save Dalvin Cook, use him in the passing game, and be more dangerous. That could be scary. If that works out right, Zimmer, Zimmer's gone. This new this new coach comes in and comes with that. That could be crazy. That could be crazy. That could be crazy. Detroit Lions, no hope. Can't have no hope right there. But at least they're making strides. They're trying to do better things. But you just can't put them in the forefront of this conversation with the division. When they, you know, have a head coach that cries after going over five, over six, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like those one of those things. Can't really go there. Um, when you have that, you know, saying then that next team to talk about, it ain't too much to scream about either. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I said, with with uh, with with Minnesota, it only comes down to just Green Bay. I mean, I, I, with the Bears, I mean, it just comes down to Green Bay and Minnesota. Those are the two teams that's going to be juking it out to see who's going to be going to that playoff spot. Then you got the NFC East, 
we all know that never changes. The NFC and the optimism of the, the offseason talk, the who's going to be good, and it's coming down to the Eagles and Cowboys. Eagles, Cowboys. Eagles, Cowboys. Cowboys rank one, Eagles rank two. Sometimes Eagles rank one, Cowboys rank two. The NFC East is Cowboys, Eagles. That's the battle. New York Giants are trying to creep themselves back up into it, bringing in a new coach, Brian Dable. You're bringing in uh, uh, with, with the magic work that he was able to do with Josh Allen. He's coming in and be able to try to work his magic on bumbling, bumbling Daniel Jones, who has more turnovers than than, than a little bit. And <laughs> Saquon's coming back healthy again. I don't know how optimistic you can be about that. Only thing you be optimistic is about what could be with the receiving core. Well, I think it could be good. I think it can be good. Galladay can be worth the money. You got Tony from uh, Florida. You got Evan Ingram. You got to put these pieces together to make it work. The offensive line's got to be put together. They've been trying to piece, piece that together the past three, four seasons. You just got to have all that stuff come together and work, family. I mean, everything as far as the offense I just said looks so good. It just got to work. It's got to work. It's got to work. It has to work. So, I mean, like, the defensive-wise, you can look at some of the good games they had defensively, especially against the Bucks. I mean, you can look at some other games, too. But they look good defensively against teams the past couple of seasons where they've kept certain things in good order. The Giants. But they're still lagging behind. And it's still the Cowboys, the Eagles. Now, the, the Commanders are above the Giants. But they're, they're it's, it's close. It's very close. Chase Young's going to have to come back strong. I've watched that game live in stadium, watched him get hurt. It's, it was sick me to be a Buccaneers fan, finally get to see Tom Brady, get to be in an NFL stadium for the first time in my life. You know what I'm saying? Ever. Watched a football game, NFL game, got to see Tom Brady. We lost, but I got to see Chase Young get hurt, and that just killed me. I did not want to see that. I wanted to see Chase Young cause havoc out there, even against my own team. But to see him go down that, that week, that hurt because it was like, damn, I, my bad luck, you know what I'm saying? That's just some of bad luck for a viewer to go watch NFL pro football. You see somebody tear the ACL, then you see your team lose. You know, all in all, experience was fun, though. Um, but that's near the hill there. I'm talking about the commanders. The commanders are bringing in new uniforms, new everything. Ron Rivera is bringing in Carson fucking Wentz, man. Carson Wentz, you know what I'm saying? They got Carson Wentz, man. That's how they say it out there in North Dakota. Carson Wentz. And they're bringing him in. And I talked about the Colts game going against Jaguars. It wasn't the blame one all on him. It's just the dumb mistakes he makes when all that pressure comes down and your team's not performing well, nothing's going well, and he mailed it in. Kind of like weeks before that when they was playing at home, playing against a team they could win. Uh, uh, over 500 teams that they should have won the game. He threw interception in the end zone. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? He can't do that this season because this is it for him. This is it. You're back in the division that they drafted you in, the Eagles. You're back in the division. You're going to play the Eagles twice. There's going to be a lot of shit talk and blah, 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 blah. He's going to have to bring his A game because this is going to be the end of the road before you start being that journeyman guy like a Josh Rosen. Or somebody like that, this Nate Peterman, somebody like that. But you're going to have that cachet of like, man, you had 33 touchdowns. You had 3,300-some 3, 3, yards. Da, 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 and you got hurt, and then you came back and won nothing because of 
how you were as a person, the teammate, the bad teammate that I that they came out the reports of, or just being just just trying to, you know, just it, 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 from what you hear from after the injury, just he wasn't all that wrapped around tight. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't all the way buttoned up, as Colin Coward says. You know what I'm saying? And things came out, and it showed immaturity. And I think that the coach fixed a lot of that. It just, on the field play, didn't translate all the way because there's still some inaccuracies there with him and pressure and things coming up the middle. I mean, it, it followed Drew Brees all the way up until, you know what I'm saying, he retired. I mean, you bring some two guys up the middle, he don't know what to do. You know, and that's Drew Brees who won the Super Bowl and all this great, great, great. It happens. Keep it moving. NFC South. Let's talk about it. Jameis Winston's back, starting role. He tore his ACL after beating the shit out of Green Bay Packers. So now he's got back to raise. Mike Thomas is coming back. Holy shit. Keyshawn Johnson can, can touch his mouth. Michael Thomas is coming back to play football for the New Orleans Saints. Defense still scary as hell. Um, scary. Cam Jordan led by, you know, a committee of people. But Cam Jordan is the man. And they have... A mindset, and they know how to play against the Buccaneers, and that's the team they're gonna have to beat. It's the team to beat in the division and in the conference. So they might not look good defensively. If you go back and watch the Saints, they don't look good defensively against everybody. Not everybody, just against the Bucks, and that shines out more because of Tom Brady and all that stuff like that. But they didn't look good against everybody. They just had really good numbers, and and what I mean by that is that the really good numbers sell out against the two games against Bucks. And some other couple good games here and there. But otherwise, I mean, like, they didn't really, you know, the, the Packer game, some other games like that. But otherwise, they didn't they didn't do great. They didn't, you know what I'm saying? They wasn't great. They was not great defensively. They were good. And against the Bucks, they looked great. And that's the what the Bucks are going to have to fix. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be fixing at this training camp. Tom Brady's already been out there getting it ready to go. Um, um, I don't know. The Saints got a, a new coach. Got to got to draw a blank here. I forgot that damn coach's name, but you know you know who they had before. They had Sean Payton. You know Sean Payton was the guy. Sean fucking Payton. You know the guy who everybody linked to Cowboys. You know three years early, talking about oh man he's going to the Cowboys. Watch, give me two years, he'd be in the Cowboys. But Sean Payton's gone new coaching. You got Jameis Winston at the helm. We don't know what's going to be with Alvin Kamara and his situation, but you got Mike Thomas back. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, that's what people are excited about. And the defense is still raunchy. You know what I'm saying? Lattimore and those guys. So, I mean, there's a lot to be, you know what I'm saying, said about them being number two in the division. Pack um, Buccaneers number one. And then the Panthers just picked up uh, Baker Mayfield. And they got to get CJ back right. McCaffrey. Um, uh, uh, little Christian McCaffrey. They're going to have to get him back. C-Mac is what I meant to call him. They need to get him all the way back and implement, implement committee. Cannot just let that man just go crazy. You got other pieces that can help. You have a uh, oh, uh, 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 kid from uh, Oklahoma State. I forgot his darn. Uh, I forgot to say his name. Ah um, oh, man, I hate that I forgot how to say his kid's name. Fast speed burner played last year. He scored a touchdown. Scored his first NFL touchdown last season. He's there. He's good. Fast as hell. Then you got a big bruising back, you know what I'm saying, that you can use. Mike Davis, I want to say. So, I mean, that they got they got a committee set. You got your fast guy that could be your star guy. Then you got your guy who can play spell him and be that. Then you got a bruiser. 
So use that to your best of your ability with Baker Mayfield. And then you have a good wide receiver court. Their wide receiver court is better than some other teams that got better situations. You got freaking Robbie Anderson. You got uh, 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 DJ Moore. Those two right there, along with some little pieces sprinkled in and there, and C-Mac and uh, God, his name is going to come to me soon in this darn podcast. I bet his name pop up on uh, pop up in my head from Oklahoma State, second year running back. But they got things that's, that's real, real, real cool looking, especially on the defensive side that can come back up. Rasul Douglas, I believe, is what uh, – uh, uh, no, I think Rashad Douglas. I, 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 I'm getting that right now. Rashad Douglas playing um, cornerback for somebody else. But they got some good pieces that can go in that defense that can be somewhat better than maybe – I mean, I'm going to be honest with you now. I'm going to be honest with you. Better than possibly the Saints. It's just the Saints got the cachet of what they've done with the Bucks. Now, hear me out now. I'm not calling them a bum defense. But let's check them out against other teams this season. I can't wait. And I wonder how, how they will stack up with maybe the Panthers and the Bucks. Just saying. Atlanta, not much to talk about there because their defense is not nowhere near close. Now, they got Deion Jones who may be leaving at the end of this season. They're going to be losing star guys on that defensive side. They got Marcus Mariota being a starter. Is he going to be a starter like a sacrificial lamb? Just to be like, is the season just to pass over? They're going to try to force the ball to their big target, the, the second-year tight end um, out of Florida. You know, we don't you know, know Calvin Ridley coming this season. He's suspended. So, I mean, there's really no – there's not a whole lot of things going on in Atlanta that's worth talking about. The run game is just flat. Good uniforms, though. They're bringing in some hell of a uniforms, alternates, and there and there to thing, I guess, to make things popping. But it ain't popping on that roster yet. Not not to my estimation. Just not there yet. The Bucks, Number one in the division, I feel like. And you got to think about this and this and this and this whole little thing. Bringing back Tom. Todd Bowles being head coach. Fine left, we're still there. Bruce Arians said that they did everything anyway. So what are we missing that we're missing the quarterback? I'm missing the coach. Now, if we was missing the quarterback, it'd be a totally different story because Cal Trask ain't going to get it done. I'll tell you that. So, and I be, I believe it was through the grapevine that, you know, if, if Tom Brady really was gone, that we was going to be trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo, then it was Baker Mayfield, then it was blah, 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 whatever. But we got Tom back. Mike Evans is ready. Chris Godwin's ready. Cameron Brake's ready. OJ Harris is out the building somewhere in Buffalo, I think. I think he's in Buffalo. We have to get get, get things going there. But we got Cal Rudolph. We drafted a, a Rob Gronkowski-ish type guy from out of Washington. So we'll see how that worked out. But we we got defensively one of the best linebacker cores in football, Devin White, Levante David. We fly at people. We fly at you. Antoine Whitfield. Carlton Davis, we got guys in secondary that can hit, you know what I'm saying? So we are ready to go. Vita Vea, got Ty, got uh, Joe Tyron. Things are looking real good. The offensive line is looking real good. We got, uh, I love the fact that we got uh, Shaq Mason. Uh, we got Akeem Nix on that defensive front, too. I forgot we got Akeem Nix. We got Shaq Mason on the offensive line. Bring it back, Ryan Jensen. Hope Ali Marpet has a good life after football. But we, we got the offensive line back together. 
Donovan Smith is looking good. And, of course, we got Chris, Tristan Wirth. So, I mean, like, everything is looking polished and right. It just, all of a sudden, we started to have somebody, but it was about 60 days ago, six weeks ago, decided to come in north for 260 almost. The reports are true. People try to come at me and blah, man, that might have, that shit was lying. Listen, six weeks ago, when we know, when that man came in, and he was supposed to be around rookies and stuff like that, knowing that we were on a mission. You don't come in, Leonard Fournette, overweight. I don't give a damn if you're squatting a thousand pounds. You, you, you're not looking good, son. You came in, you know. They said it was a donut with shy of two sixty. That came from the team, so we're not. We didn't like it. Yeah, six weeks later, you're working out. You're hopefully looking good because hell, training camp's coming next week, son, or this week. So yeah, I hope you are looking good. I hope so. I pray because we need you because we didn't. You weren't there much last season, and it showed, and it was detriment. And you weren't even there against the Eagles. Then you showed up against the Rams and played decent. But just think if you was playoff Lenny against the Chiefs, what we would have did. Against the Packers, what we would have did. Against the freaking Washington Commanders, what we would have did back in 2020. We need that back. We need that back. You owe us. So hopefully he is getting himself together. He had a video out doing squats. Try to act like it was a long time ago. No, nigga. That was like last week. So get it together, Lenny. That's all I would say. Playoff Lenny. Not cookout, Lenny. NFC South, there you have it. Um, am I missing anything? I hit the South, hit the West, hit the East, hit the North. Everything's all copacetic. That's both divisions. I mean, both all divisions, both conferences. You get, you've heard my, you've heard my two cents on that. I just hope y'all enjoy. You know, what I'm saying uh, the rest of y'all's day. I'm gonna go ahead and cut it. There's another segment where there's some boxing talk with a, uh, with a good guest of mine, uh, Chaz Asamani. And uh, we're going to talk, you know, just some just some improv, you know, boxing, you know, boxing, shoot the shit talk. You know what I'm saying? We're hitting on Jake Paul, Logan Paul, talking about the, 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 the glamour divisions in boxing of yesteryears and today and things of that nature. So it's a pretty good episode route out. So I hope you all enjoy. Y'all have a good one. Soft Talk is out. Talking shit, but I don't respect just talking straight out the side of your neck. That's what I'm saying. You know like I saying? think I think Logan is more of that than Jake because he sit there was like I just beat Floyd Mayweather and was yeah, like he, no you didn't. Of course, because <laughs> of course, because you seen you seen that fight like Logan. You Logan. lost to fucking. But he looked You lost to KS, KS. You lost to a rapper or a YouTuber. Like, I forgot his name, man. KSI. Yeah, yeah. KSI. Like, lost to him. He actually boxed better than you. Like, you don't, like, like. I was about to say, those were some pretty good fights. Yeah, Jake Paul is actually can throw a jab and straight right hand. He can throw an uppercut. Like, Logan can't throw no, he shit. Looks and he that's looks why, and that's why, and that's why he. Sign with the WWE because that's more his thing. That's more his thing. He can be dramatic. He can probably come up with some storylines. Like he can, he can actually do really good. That's why they signed his ass because it's like, hey, you big. Well, he already has a following. following yeah. And you come into this, how you choose. You're in shape. You know what I'm saying? You did the practice well. They said he did damn good. He looked good at WrestleMania. So I mean, like he can do little spots here and there to where he can make a make a name himself on that. But the bigger thing is is that. It's more money. Yeah. yeah but yeah. but 
he can't fight. He can't box for shit. So it's like his fights are gonna be more and more less appealing. At least people want to see Jake Paul get knocked out. But they least people, to honest with God, can at least see that he can hold his own better than his brother. And it's like you gotta take. And that's why you don't hear people say Logan Paul want to see you fight a real boxer. They want to see Jake Paul fight a real boxer because they see him actually looking kind of decent. I don't feel like Logan talks near the mouth. No, he, he was. He was. He was. He seemed like he was like it was like a rap song. Where he was kind of like, take it over. And he moved out the way. Right after he All fought I'm KSI. Is, because the KSI night was the Nate Robinson night. <laughs> All I'm saying is, he's a better boxer. Yeah. He's a better shit talker. He's a better he's draw a, right now. He's a, he's a better draw. That's what I'm saying. The Logan Nate Robinson Paul night, is, the, Nate, the Nate Robinson night made the shift. It doesn't. Logan like, was up here. Nate Robinson fell. Jake Paul took the lead. And he ran with Logan the type of mom, he bought a Pokemon card right. and wore it around his neck like it was some type of flex. Yeah. That's a yeah, you spend a lot of money on right. that, but get the fuck out of here. Right. And that's the type of person he is. So when you look at somebody like a Jake Paul Where who was going, he played football, he played, you know what I'm saying? They all did. But I'm just saying like hey, he, he 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 his ex bitch, boy. Mm. She is bad. Yeah. I used to follow her on IG <laughs> before I knew who you were. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The 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 thing the thing about where she got banned from Orioles Stadium because she or was it the Giants? It was mm-hmm. either the Orioles or the Giants. For what? Flashing her titties. What? She flashed the boobs. Telling the goods. But she's, she's mad though. She yeah. Beautiful. I didn't know she did that though. Yeah, she. Like I said, I followed her on Instagram. She had this little, it's like a titty magazine. She was always titty. That made me think, I don't know why, when you said it, like titty magazine, but it made me think of that damn uh, shit on that part of uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall in the bathroom with all the titties. On the wall. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, but yeah, that that shit crazy. Do you think? Do you think Jake Paul? Do you think Jake Paul is manufacturing the fights? The double no, the double step downs with Tommy Fury. Do you think Tommy Fury is the one really fucking up? I don't know. I really, I don't have a, I don't tip one way or the other. I have no idea. But I will say I I, I want to see that fight. Yeah. Like Tommy, like, I feel like he's a good opponent for him. Yeah. I don't know what the hell, man. Yeah, but. Uh, that's crazy. That, that, that is the thing where he, because the first one it was like he was sick, couldn't get healthy enough to train. Now this one he couldn't come over to America because of visa. It's just like what in the hell is going on? Right, you got all this time. Yeah, all this, and then, and then you got Jake Paul sitting saying like, "I'm trying to help you get a visa and shit." You know what I'm saying? Then so you seeing that effort that he's trying to help push the fight. So it's just kind of like confusing it all, and that's why like for promoters they spend shit even with real boxing. 
with real boxers. I don't want to shit on that where it's at, where it's at. Like, they're actual pros. The like, they're pros. Don't go over but there. it's like, but the thing is, is that, like, he offered to go over there. But he was like, damn, I want more of the money. I'm the bigger draw. I'm not coming there to let people come and fruit your name. That don't, and that and that to where it and like that makes sense. It does. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm Jake Paul. I'm the only reason why. Yeah. You have plenty of time to get a visa. Exactly. This is or a, whatever issue you got. This with is it. a big bag. Right. Whether you lose or. or and that's what I'm thinking. To where Tommy Fury is thinking like, damn, if I lose this fucker, man. Right. I'm done. That's what it is. You know, Tyson Fury is serious. He said, if you lose, man, you're not a Fury. He said, you're, you're done. He was like, if you lose to him, you're not a Fury. I was like, wow. Told him he that. He got voted best uh, boxer. It is. Uh, I'm glad. It's twice. I'm glad. Because heavyweight is getting looked at as that. But he did it in a good way. I mean, he beat somebody people thought was the dangerous man in the world right at this moment. And he really and is, it, though. It, it, right. So against this, a certain... But he ain't the one. Yeah. Tyson, Tyson Fury is like, <laughs> Tyson like, is not the one. Right. He's too good of a boxer. Right. And then he was like, I, I got power now. And that was something he didn't realize he had. And I well, think it took I think man. it took I think it took for him to get punched in the face and, and to really get hit to where he was like, I gotta fight. Because ain't nobody here to fall around with me no more. Like he knew that Klitschko couldn't hit him. He knew that like, okay, like I can do this, he, you know, that was a real ugly fight. So it's like when he fought Deontay Wilder, like that Wilder got him a couple of times. He knocked him down a couple of times. He knocked him down to a point where he had to get up at the last second, even though that rep counted slow as fuck. I did it five million times, that was 10. But when he got back up, pop, 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 I was like, wow, he got right back in it. So I mean, like, I wasn't even mad no more. But it was 10 seconds, man. It was, it was a choke. I did. I mean, as a referee, you as the man hit the canvas, you get your other box to the corner, you turn around, you already start counting. You need one? I'm good. I mean, you already count. One, two, three, four. That motherfucker kept looking this way and not counting. He kept look. I'm like, what are you looking at? Like, what are you looking at? Looking this way. Eight, nine, ten. He got the eight. Nine, shoot. <laughs> Fury's up. So it made it look like he got up right at nine. No, he did not. Busted up. The same thing happened to Tyson. Tyson knocked him down in seventh round, I think eighth, something like that, with an uppercut. And I mean, damn, that, re that referee was sitting there counting slow as shit. And it was 13 seconds, man. I mean, like, if you count as a referee supposed to count, man, it was atrocious. But it happens. Human error. Happens in baseball, happens in basketball, happens in football, happens in tennis. All major sports. Fucked up shit out. We're officiating. But that's one of the bad things about boxing when somebody gets a knockdown wrong or when somebody miscounts. And you be sitting there mad as hell to where it's like, damn, that man, I knocked him out in there. I lost the right, fight. Right. He was down 10 seconds. He let this man get up. That's how wild it feels. He like, wow, I really hit that man to where he, I mean, he was dead. Well, I tell you what. To even get up on nine, if you you're right. I mean, even though it was a fake nine, but it was just he got up and he was ready to fight. And, and he didn't he, he didn't crow it. You know, he didn't sit there and be like, oh, no, know, he came back. Yeah, he yeah. fought. And so I like that. So that was cool. I like Tyson Fury. I'm a fan. You know, 
some sense in to me. He's an undefeated, <laughs> double, undisputed heavyweight champ. That's that's high praise. Mr. Caldwell. Um, the 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 big thing the big thing about <laughs> boxing that's why I say like with the with the one forty seven the one thirty five the one forty three you'll see a lot of knockouts but yes it's starting to rise it's rising because even with the fights like Pacquiao Morales and Barrera those are going twelve rounds we're seeing Tank knock motherfuckers out right. we're seeing people like Shakur Stevenson stop people now. We're seeing people like, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Teofimo Lopez was sitting there stopping people, but I'm going back to Tank. Tank is knocking people flat out and knocking them stupid. Like, he fights somebody first time at 140 pounds, taller, longer, everything, and that he knocked him shit. stupid. That shit was funny. Never seen it coming. Never seen it coming. And that's, and that's scary. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I look at Tank as going to be that guy. And that's why Floyd was like, you know, uh, I was laughing whenever they were sitting there talking about uh, Tank versus Shakur. And he was like, he was like, nah, Shakur can fight Haney. And I was like, hmm. But I dig, I dig it on this standpoint. Shakur got a belt of 130. He ain't even touched 135. Why would I want my one guy who's fighting at between 135 to 140 who's looking to kind of dominate at that? Why would I want him to fight a new guy who was just at 130 who's trying to move up to 135? That makes sense. Because then people are going to say, if Tank wins, you beat a 130-pounder. Right. You've been doing that. Right. What's the, what else you going to do? Go get a belt at 135. Then we'll talk. That means, that's why he said, fight Devin Haney. Because that will really make you interesting. Devin Haney has the green lightweight belt, the 135 green belt. He's the undisputed. He has all the other belts. So it goes through him. Rematch is already set between him and the dude from Australia, which he's going to knock out, I think, this time. That was an ugly fight. He got beat the shit. I, you know, nodded off in the fight because he was beating the shit out so bad. I was like, God, he ain't doing nothing. I mean, it was just like, it was just, he was... Trying to counter him, it was just like, nope, nope. And he just, you know, Tank, Devin Haney don't got a lot of power like Tank. You know, Devin Haney just don't have that power. And I think that's why he didn't get him out of there. But it's just, that, that is just one of those things. And that's why whenever you saw uh, Errol Spence, he's got power. But it's just like, you you think like, why he ain't get him out of there? It's just like, he, he it's like his power is different. It's like I'm. He's beating you up to where it's just like it's. it's you don't want to fight no more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, how do you hurt someone through their glove? Right. Yeah, man. Like, like they because got, you pounded on right. them. Right. And they and they got their hands up high and everything, and you still just sitting there just going pink, pink. He just wasn't shot. hitting them pink, on the pink. button. Right. That's all. He would have dropped him in right. the And he's in arms. He's hitting chest. Yes. He's hitting ribs. Right. He's hitting everything. Everything. Shoulder. I mean, he's hitting, man, your head. He's hitting your, your <laughs> boom. Like, it's crazy. Earl Brett, Spence. When is, his shit connects, you feel the mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. Through the TV, you can feel it. Right. Through the sound of it. Got it. 
Cosby. And it's like it's dangerous. And that's why I think with Terrence Crawford, who I think, um, who I got to still show you, or you got to watch live, where T has should be having a fight coming up soon. But the thing. I think I've seen the Terrence Crawford fight. It was a minute ago. Well, he's if you, been, if you fight, did, he's been if you, fighting for it. Well, if you if you seen a fight, you probably seen Sean Porter. You probably seen a fight to do with Bray. I can't remember. He, he probably didn't break it. I don't think Sean Porter break that fight. But he he he's like my thing is with, with Terrence Crawford at one forty seven is that his entrance into it. He was at one forty, and at the time, one forty just was not a. It wasn't a. Uh, a division where it was, I mean, it still really ain't got no big names, but it's a, it's, a, it's that's hard. the one thing about boxing is the where they kind of did too much, like the Marvel. It's like Marvel. How do we look at Marvel if they're doing too much content? Boxing said, you know, why go from lightweight to welterweight when we can go lightweight to junior welterweight, welterweight, junior middleweight, middleweight, junior. Uh, well, they don't call it junior. They call it super, super, uh, super uh, middleweight. They go from middleweight to super middleweight to 168. So, I mean, like, why do all these? Because you want guys to have belts to make more money. Because if you make these little divisions, a person gets a belt, the next fight is a big draw. Right. It's a belt. It's a champion. Right, right, right. Stupid. The more belts, the more draw. Right. Yeah. But when you have an over-dominated division that is right beside us, the big brother, that division going to be dry. Right. But it's supposed to be like an up-and-coming kind of division. But people are trying to make it to where it's like, oh, no, this is my division. I'm dominating. But who wants to watch 140 fights? Who wants to watch 154? But somehow it, it become, it became something to watch and something to be like, well, somebody's a 140. 140. From 140 to 150 is when it starts to get interesting. Right. Like 130 and under, it... it they don't have enough power. Right. Like it. Sometimes it's entertaining just to see how many times they hit each right. other. <laughs> but, but even that's changing though, man. That's the crazy thing about it. Like this dude is fighting at one twenty six. He's a scary son of a bitch He's from Japan. Man, His name is freaking anyway, and he. Hey, that will, one motherfucker that be like, he, bro. He's, he he's a monster. Walking, monster. But he's a uh, MMA. He's not. Yeah, a monster. yeah, I know. Yeah, monster dog. I'm trying to tell you, anyway. His name is. The killer, some shit like that. Right, yeah, right. kills people. I mean, like he, I mean, like I'm his gonna, name is the killer, right. and he kills people, bro, bro. No, he's the monster. It's the monster. Yeah. But it was just funny. No, no, I, his name is like the killer, killer. And he something kills. like that, man. Every fight he knocks people out. Put it that way, and he fights one twenty six. So he's one of those guys that stands out as that. There's a couple other ones, but he ain't that nice. But his name was Pillow. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, what was it, that kid? Uh, I remember that kid's name, but he would bring a pillow because he'd knock you out. Yeah, it was his thing. Josh, it was Josh, uh, Josh Greer. I'm gonna lay you to sleep. Yeah, Josh Greer. Um, but boxing is boxing. I think is taking is taking a big step up to where their fights are standing out more than MMA. I think where UFC, if you want to say the big partner, uh, I mean a big big competitive uh, opponent. I don't necessarily, listen, it, it may have to do with Jake Paul and people like that and the celebrity aspect. Yeah, it does. That's why I, I love I, it. It, it. But I just feel like. Earl Spence did way better than Adesanya fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tyson Fury is doing way better than a Francis Ngannou fight. Um, 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 uh, Canelo is going to do way better than a, um, a, a, a Usman fight. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So it's like, but it's because it's, that's the competition. So I whenever just, Conor McGregor comes up, when they try to force him into a fight, even though he's lost three in a row and haven't won, no, in four fights, he has not won in four fights. It's like, damn. You I know? Just think, <laughs> I just think that boxing has always been the love, but mm-hmm. it just, it didn't, just like the NBA back whenever you that period you know I brought up before like it just didn't hit the same and then it changed and it came back I just think like the level of competition the fights are more entertaining it's I don't know it it just hits different it's starting to the best way I can put it without going down a paragraph is it just hits different, man. Like it just it it the did not hit the same, just well, like the NBA did. Well, the and, and at the moment, college doesn't until you get to well, here's, the, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Tournament. Here's the thing. It's not the same. You just need the right matchup, and then you can put up a bunch of fights for UFC. It goes from six. It goes from four, six to eight. Sometimes they do ten. And I also but it's like, think but, that some a lot you, of people, a lot of like, people oh, got this you UFC had, you, shit is cool, but I want some boxing. Right, exactly. But the short attention span people that loves combat sports would like MMA more because the potential thrill of a two-second knockout. When we seen somebody come out there and literally get knee in the face and the fight was over. Knee in the face, Most fight people over. I know are... Got knee in the just, face just, and the fight Most was people over. I know that likes UFC... Unless they're a big ass dude that likes to fight, yeah. or these little white guys that <laughs> it's a lot of white people, yeah, I mean, and they it, don't know, like you know. What I mean, and, I mean and you got a lot of foreign foreign love too. I mean, you got to think about the numbers, man. And all the country, numbers yeah. count, man. All yeah. the numbers count. But you are right. I mean, you got more of a white demographic with um, with MMA, um, especially. Um, I would I would say on the on the. On a on a way bigger scale, can't necessarily fight themselves. I wouldn't say like it's not bad like baseball, or golf. You know what I'm saying? But you you would see you would see that it's more of a it's in more the younger of a, it is crowd. More of a it white, is more, yeah, you're right. Young younger white guys, right? From like I'd say eighteen to thirty, right. that range. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So I mean, like. Boxing has always been that that thing to where it's like, okay, you got some shit talking here or a big fight coming up, whatever it is, case may be. Through the years, even whenever UFC, I would say this height to where even I would say coming in to where Chuck Liddell going against Tito Ortiz, where you can jump up to where John Jones or when this Conor McGregor shit started. Boxing always had the bigger numbers, bigger draw, and but it was just fights where. Um, Here's the thing that people don't realize when they sit there and say, oh, MMA is winning or UFC is winning. They can come out with more content. Because they they can come out with more content. They still don't have the same person. That's why why I'm saying. Major boxing. Major, major boxing. It just takes more time to get the big fight in boxing. That's the thing. To get the big fight in MMA, it's quicker because they can come out with these fights quicker. There's only a couple guys that really could even match anywhere match the person of a real big name boxer right. you know what I mean like Daniel Cormier was trying to say on the pivot which I kind of believe 
Hey, that motherfucker, he, he, he said, was saying, but I was watching Independence Day and cried. Yeah. <laughs> now when I seen that shit 20 times. Right. <laughs> he said there and said, like, I saw you might get by 10 mil. And he was like, he was like, you got people like, um, Connor might get 20. And he was like, you know, he was like, uh, you know, he was like, but what they see with the 500K, 850K, he was like, Dana White doesn't want to put out what they really make. Because he was like, you know, he said, they make way more than what, what you may see. When I mean, people be sitting there complaining, like, oh, this is what you're paying Ooh. this guy? And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, he's paying wow. he's paying way more. Okay, I kind of believe it a little bit. Because here's my thing. I have not really seen a lot of hardship cases of, like, people sitting there being broke outside of the UFC unless they were just guys. I really heard about That's that. what I'm saying. Like, Chuck Liddell's doing okay. Um, um, you got certain people that may have fucked up their money if they did it to themselves. But a lot of people that exited out of the UFC are not like. I just don't think. Chumming. Even though Chuck Liddell is like one of the only UFC that is just universally fucking known. Tito Ortiz. Not like Chuck. I mean, it was the rivalry. Hell yeah. I'm talking <laughs> that was about the, universe, like Chuck yeah. People was, know Tito Ortiz, man. Yeah, yeah, they like, went against like each Chuck. other three times. I like Chuck, bro. I promise you. I mean, I'm not sitting there, bro. Chuck Liddell might have won the war. He might be the better <laughs> fighter. Nothing to do with but that. But would you try to I'm say being well known around the yeah, Tito Ortiz? He crossed over. You cannot say that. Every when they went Tito against did other. not. He wasn't doing what Chuck was doing with all different types of genres and peoples and shit like that. Tito wasn't in movies and going on this show or this. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, okay, that's You what don't you, have any idea what I'm talking if, if about. You sit, okay, if you're sitting there saying that, okay, he was in, okay, if he was in TV or things of that nature, which Tito tried and it was horrible. Like, it was it was bad. I think it was in a couple. Just nobody. Just horrible. So, if you, I thought you were sitting there saying in the fight game. That's what I'm sitting there. We talk, I'm I talking, talking about, you talk about in whole, the whole game. Yeah, Chuck Liddell, well, well, the whole game. Because yeah. he won the war. He he, he, he made Tito Ortiz and leave the, the whole UFC. Point, man, the whole point to that is just the fact that they still don't compare. Like, the, like boxers are more, I, I feel like, besides like a few, people don't really aren't up I don't know like there probably are more than what you know that have went down a bad path you mm-hmm. just don't fucking hear about it true it's not the oh, same oh no that's why like, I said the guys that maybe won by four or five <laughs> fights in a row and then lost two maybe three and got up out of there you just don't hear about it cause it's but not I'm talking, I'm talking about I'm talking about the people like Chuck GSP Anderson Silva cause they um, um, like you know, so yeah, you people, don't really hear. You, you, well, Anderson, Anderson uh, nice crib, well off, got a gym, got students. Uh, his little fucking bezel, man. <laughs> GSP got his own shit going. He's in Marvel shit. He's a he's contracted with Marvel. So I mean, like, good. He's good. And he can barely speak English. Right. <laughs> and he's had some good action but, scenes. But good he, action scenes. But too. he put, But they don't do any. He never gets in a role that does. He can't just be who you know what I mean. He doesn't need uh, to have a five-minute dialogue scene of him talking clear English and shit like that. Like he gets the business. He says like two or three words. 
You know what I mean? Then he gets the business. Mm -hmm. Which is smart casting on him and his agents. Like, we ain't gonna do nothing that we can't do. <laughs> but, yeah. They're eating, and they're not doing bad. I get what you're saying. Right. So, that's that's, what I'm, that, that's my big point. But, in that in boxing, too. In boxing, you see nowadays that boxers are now an excellent sport they can live. What I'm saying is that these shit is this, all this shit is getting watched. All this shit is getting paid for. These people are getting paid. So yeah. when you hear people, just like okay, here's the thing right here: when people want to talk about what numbers may have dropped in WWE or something like it, like 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 I was reading at the beginning of the year they were talking about how much money the WWE lost they and shit like that. They're gonna make their money. Get out their pockets because when we read that, we're sitting there thinking like, oh, it's 2022 is gonna be the year the WWE crumbles. And it's like, this man was paying women that he was uh, sexually harassing, and the, the shit still went Monday and he showed up. He, no, I mean, like, it's, it's going to be on never, Friday, Monday, Friday, but it's pay-per-view pay. Every, all right, I don't even care. <laughs> you nobody, watch it. I don't even care if nobody watches it on TV. Have you ever seen every, every single arena is packed from floor yes, to ceiling? When it was uh, covid all those damn little TVs they had in the crowd. People had paid, face, paid to have their face on the fucking screen. Paid. There's a lot of fucktards <laughs> out there, bro. <laughs> so, I don't want to hear it. So, it's like, that's why I say when people say they're all boxed dead. Yeah. How? There's when you sit there and you see that Earl Spence list. flipped a fucking fried 450 at Italia. It is not dead now, but it was for a while. Because the heavyweight division, people recognized the heavyweight division and it was not doing well. Bottom line, that made it bad for business. Because think, because because that's because that was the thing. People was expecting people that. people was expecting every decade there was gonna be a top heavyweight champion. Everybody was gonna be like, That's our champion. And then it came it became the middleweight. It became the light heavyweight because Roy Jones. I, I do believe there's some merit to that, but at the same time, I don't think because most nobody's gonna. That, I don't think most fights that were super like most fights that were super hyped about are heavyweight fights anymore. Like even even with the Fury and Dante Wilder, like it it's it it. The draw was huge, I'm sure, mm -hmm. but I don't think that it's that much bigger than if Earl Spence and this 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 Terrence Crawford. I don't think it's. I don't think. What are you What are you saying? I don't think the draw is going to be that much bigger. So you're saying that you you get what I'm saying so for the so you the heavyweight. What you said was it was because of the heavyweight division. I don't believe. That it was totally because of. I think there's some merit to that, but I don't think it's totally. No, you because got. Of that. Well, here, 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 hear me out on this, because I just because you made a good point here. When you have, okay. <laughs> when you have, say around 2005, 2005, that was around the time. I think a couple couple years leading up to that, Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson fight, and then that's when Lennox Lewis. <laughs> Around that thing, around that time, 2006, 2007, hung it up. You had Holyfield fighting fights for no reason. You had Tyson, who was, people would watch, but 
He wasn't getting his, you know what I'm saying, like good shape, and then he quit in the middle of a match, and then he hung it up. So then who we gonna turn to? So then there was a, a struggle. There was no heavyweight. You had a Chris Bird, you had a John Ruiz, you had Roy Jones tried, but he just did it as a publicity stunt and went back to like heavyweight. You had a guy named a seven foot Russian named Pulev, uh value of I mean. Then you had uh, a Klitschko brothers who refused to fight each other but took the belts to split and didn't fight each other. So now we can't have an undisputed heavyweight champion. So underneath that, you got a guy named Sam Peter uh, uh, who was not that great. You have a, another American, of uh, well, he was from Nigeria. You had an American who I can't even remember his name that got knocked silly who they tried to pump up. You had an Eddie Fast Chambers who, no. You had guys that just, I remember names because they, because I, I'm an advocate of the sport. So, I mean, like, they were nothing to be box office for a 10-year gap. I'm talking 10 years, from 2006 to 2016, to when, thank the God, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, at, in the, at the top of the board, who didn't unleash what he unleashed now in Tyson Fury because he was just somebody that was all, oh, who's this guy? But he was beating guys. He was tall. He was long. He talked shit. Then he talked shit. You start hearing more. And then when he beat uh, Klitschko, he almost killed himself. Cocaine, alcohol, retired. Wilder was the guy that made people start watching heavyweight again. Joshua was the guy over in the UK. They never fought each other. Tyson Fury said, man, I could beat both of these motherfuckers. It made heavyweight boxing more interesting now that we got three guys that are tall as hell. And one, two of them can, can knock you the fuck out and you got this one boxer. So when he got his shit together, got from cocaine and alcohol, that's what made people draw the eyes back to heavyweight. There was a 10-year gap where we didn't know these guys' names, and that's when Floyd Mayweather said, man, I got to turn smart. And he, around 2006, wow, I wonder if he thought what I just thought. Because around 2006 or seven, you know what that man changed his name to? Money. You know what he started doing? Being a villain. You know what happened? Hundred million dollar fights. Because who can watch the heavyweight fight? Nobody. Is Roy Jones fight? Nah. Who's fight middleweight? Nobody. Bernard Hopkins, Oscar. Oh yeah, right, right. We didn't lose it. Jermaine now, Taylor. Start pistol whipping people. But they're all older. Thank they're you. All older. Floyd Mayweather took advantage of a time where boxing needed him, because when he was the good guy. Nobody gave a shit about Floyd. But when he turned to, to the bad guy, well, he because he looked at the landscape. Very <laughs> well, well, no, here's the thing. Being a villain, people have more of a reason. Bro, I can show I can show of, you so much of, of I can show you so much of Pretty stuff. Boy Floyd how I, he right. was a murderer. Right. But my thing is about to say the interesting is that was the placement of his fights. Nobody's watching undercard fights. To him to get heavy main event fights was people were ducking him he, because of his talent. It happens in boxing. Honestly, it's like when somebody's like, he's too good. I'm not fighting him. Make honestly, sure I don't fight that guy. Honestly, I think That's what they're accusing him of doing. he's easier to hate. He yeah, is. yeah. And he's, he chose that route. He was like, oh, he's just I like it. He's I'm starting to like it. Because when he fought Luis Castillo, when people was like, oh, he lost that fight. Because he lost that fight. He was like, purposes, people hate me. I don't me. care how much you like him. I don't think he's a good man. Bro. No, he's not. He's not. I'd say that a million times. No, he's not. So he, at, just, least, at least, and here's the one thing I will say about he's not the greatest person in the world. But the one thing I can say is that he at least shares his money. So, I mean, like, at the end of the day, that, uh, that's enough. 
for somebody I think that did he did some very terrible things. Something like goddamn. Something like I don't care. If I don't go that far. Right. At least he does something. And I think at the end of the day, him getting older, I think he's chilled on a lot of stuff because the moment of the twenty four seven when he cussed out his dad, I almost stopped being a fan of his. I I was like that right there. Like I would never talk about that like that. It was just at a point to where like, what did he do to you? Even though I don't know, but it's just like at this point, if what he did, just like how you would want people to forgive you. And people when they call you woman beater and all that stuff like that. I don't know. That's because I would my never thing. put myself but, but, in that. Right, exactly. I'm not built like that. I could I'm not, not believe like, the way he, he, he did his dad like that. That was he, unbelievable. He's built differently. I don't care what. Everybody chills out when they get older, bro. Yeah. But I'm a, a, I'm, no I'm, a fan, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, I'm a guess to say, the, the turnaround that he's made. And I'm a fan of his, of his boxing career. But as what he was burning money and all that stuff like that and stuff like that, I didn't really, that I, did, I didn't exactly yeah. character. So, it that's what made the twenty. I mean, he made. I mean, think about this. Floyd Mayweather made HBO so much money. He invented the twenty four seven that rang for other fights. He made that. He was like, "Y'all want to follow me around?" Listen, <laughs> any day. I. That's kind of the whole Ooh. reason why I brought up. The whole ce- the yeah, celebrity yeah, shit right. because I don't want it to be that. Right. I think it's more Floyd. Right. He appealed, even if it was in a negative way. Still, that's what that's what this generation loves. Right. Okay. They love somebody. Listen, six nine, fucking bad baby. You're who was like that in the 80s? I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to ask you this question. Listen, who was that in the 80s? Who was that in the 80s in boxing? I'm going to see if you get this right. Who was that in the 80s that was that captivating that he was end up on a 7-Up commercial? And that 7-Up was big as fuck at that time. Who can you throw a shot in the dark? 80s. Take a guess. I, I know even, you're, you're a casual fan. I, I want you. I was about to say, I don't even think I, I just feel want you like to throw back a, in my brain. I just bro. want you to throw a, a guess, a pure '80s guess. Who was? Oh, and I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a hint. Not heavyweight. Maybe. Uh, what's my calling? Not for his dad, but. Uh, see, you know, I hate names. I know who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Not Floyd's dad, but it's like sh- mm-hmm. sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, sugar. Ray Leonard. Ray Leonard. I kept wanting to say Shane, but people I knew it wasn't wanted right. to know what did this man do? What but he, he, he was, he was, was a, he was big time. A whole car- he, he was, was he was, he was one of them motherfuckers. He walked through the room, everybody looked right. Everybody looked. right. Had the clean fro, the smile. People were like, man, who is this guy? Who is this guy? 